Talk Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. found out who the guy is that makes more than Stephen A. Smith at ESPN. It is Pat McAfee. <clears throat> you know, I'm one of those guys that wakes up on Saturday morning. I admit this, and I watch ESPN game day. I like it. Sorry. I like uh, Kirk Herbstreet. I like the old coach when he's there. He's sick a lot these days, Lee Corso. I like Desmond Howard. I like the kid that played at Georgia. What's his name? The defensive lineman. Good-looking guy. He's on the show, too. I forget. They used to have uh, Marsha Taylor. She's gone. She went to NBC. Anyway, long story short, McAfee, who's the host of that show? Of, uh, is, is it Ravage or one of those good-looking uh, white guys? I think it might be called Ravage. Yeah. <laughs> Forget which one it is, but it used to be Reese Davis. But long story short, McAfee is on that show now, and he annoys the hell out of me. And I'm watching it last year. He's like the star of the show. I'm like, how? These guys have been here for 100 years, Kirk and Desmond. Turns out Pat is the guy that makes more money than Stephen A. Smith at ESPN. Yeah, well, he has his own big, 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 yeah, big show. I know. He's annoying. Gordon Chang, on the other hand, he is a tremendous talent and not annoying. Gordon G. Chang, you got to follow Gordon on Twitter. Let me read some of the tweets from the last couple of days from Gordon G. Chang, at Gordon G. Chang. Here's one. Yesterday, the forces of hell are now roaming the world. But with our faith and our fortitude, we will prevail. Same day yesterday. Let's make our prayers the strongest force on earth. (laughs) Pray with fervor. Let's stick with yesterday. Yesterday, a friend asked, what now? My answer, we prepare as if war is imminent, because it very well may be. And if we prepare for imminent war, we will almost certainly be successful in preventing it. That's one day on Twitter with Gordon Chang. And you want to know why I think he's a great guest? Here he is, my friend, Gordon. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning, Sid, and thank you very much. Uh, You're very welcome. It's um, another day on Twitter for you, and we've been doing these for a while now, having these conversations and reading these tweets, and it seems like you've amped up your frequency in terms of the you know the uh, you know the, the Chinese coming after America and a war not if but when it seems like you've kind of ramped it up yes well the Chinese have ramped it up there were those two dangerous intercepts one of the U.S. RC-135 reconnaissance plane on May 26 and the other last Saturday of that uh, Chenggun uh, the Arleigh Burke destroyer so China is now going after us hard. I said on Twitter a couple of days ago that I think they'll let off now, and I hope they will. But if they don't, then we really have to worry, because that means the Biden policy is in complete failure. And so we're going to have to watch over the next month or so how this proceeds. As I said, I think the Chinese will back down for various reasons, but uh, that's only maybe hope more than expectation. Well, you say the Chinese may back down for various reasons. Give me one or two of those reasons. Well, I I think that there is now much more attention paid in the region itself. 
And so um, China is seeing it's not just the United States, but it's other countries that are coming together with us to form a coalition to contain aggressive Chinese behavior. Um, I think Xi Jinping understands that he's now gotten the world's attention in a way that he doesn't want. But, you know, as I said, this is just merely a guess. The thing that I worry about is the Biden administration um, backs down itself with uh, not having as many freedom of navigation operations, not having as many reconnaissance flights, because these are important. You know, Sid, the one consistent foreign policy that the U.S. has had since the very beginning, 1776, is really the defense of the global commons. And so if we back down, what we're doing is we're acceding to Chinese aggression and telling China that aggression works. So I wonder, the news, of course, is that Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is going to China in a couple of weeks. He, I guess he uh, postponed his last trip. Now he's going. And I wonder, is Blinken, if you had to take a guess, Gordon, is Blinken going there to play nice with Xi Jinping? Or is he going there to basically say, hey, like Trump did with the Afghanis, you do this and we're coming hard at you. What kind of Blinken do you think the Chinese are going to get? Well, the Blinken that we have seen in public is the nice one, the one who is not very tough at all. And so um, I worry that the Blinken we're going to get in Beijing is the one who tries to placate China. And, you know, it is Blinken's State Department, and this is Reuters reporting, that right after the balloon incident in January and February, the State Department postponed measures that they had been intending to put in place because they didn't want to anger China. So China saw that uh, by being belligerent, it got what it wanted. And so this is sort of actually giving incentives to China to be more provocative. And this is just the opposite of what our foreign policy should be. It's interesting. Yesterday we commemorated Gordon Chang. Follow Gordon Twitter, Gordon G. Chang, 79 years since our brave men stormed the beaches in Normandy, all the Allied forces, actually, not just America, uh, pretty much putting an end, the beginning of the end to World War II. We had President Donald Trump on this show about two weeks ago, and he talked about World War III. And he said, look, if I don't win and this administration remains in power, I'm not going to, I'm telling you for sure, it's a guarantee you're going to have World War III. And he said, listen, Sid, here's the difference. World War One and World War Two, there were tanks, there were guns, you know, Gordon. World War Three, he said, it's going to be nuclear. One of these crazy bastards is going to fire up a nuclear weapon, and you're never going to come back from it. Is Donald Trump going over the top of that statement, or do you think he may be somewhat accurate? I think he's somewhat accurate. Um, I think that it is extremely probable that we'll have World War III. Not Nothing's inevitable, Sid. Um, So we can't say for 100 percent what's going to happen over the next five years. But it's extremely likely because right now the momentum is for war. And the issue for the American people is who's going to stop it? What's going to stop it? Well, give me this. If you you think that it's likely World War III over the next five years, let's get the players involved. Not to make it a sport. It's not that cute. But you got the United States. You got China. Who else? Uh, Just about everybody else. Um, because China and Russia are going to use their proxies. So we're going to talk about Iran, Algeria, North Korea. And if there is uh, disturbances in East Asia, then you're going to see uh, Japan, Australia, probably South Korea, 
also be involved um, because this is going to just spread. You know, it's already spreading. You have, for instance, the war in Ukraine. So there have been problems in Central Asia. They've been extremely minor. But North Africa right now is falling apart. Yeah. You have Sudan, um, which Russia and China are destabilizing. You've got problems in southern Libya. And you have Algeria pressuring Morocco. So this is getting really bad. And the reason why North Africa is important is because you have Central Africa actually now falling apart with chaos, terrorism, all the rest of it. It is the five countries of North Africa that protect Europe from the chaos southern in, in Central Africa. So if, if uh, those five countries in North Africa go up in flame, then, you know, Europe is next. I wonder if this story, though, uh, does at least scare Ping just a little. I know you're aware of this, but this this uh, just came out yesterday, CNBC, that China's exports have plunged by 7.5% back in May, far more than expected. Would that worry the Chinese leader or make him angry? Um, I think that it probably makes him angry because everything makes him angry, but it should worry him because exports are the one thing for the last two months that have kept the Chinese economy going. What's really serious is that in May, exports fell 4.5%. That is the eighth straight month that imports have fallen. Imports are more important than exports because they show domestic demand. They show the health of the Chinese economy. So they've fallen eight straight months in nine of the last 10. And in May, imports would have fallen even more But I think that they have been inflated by emergency food imports, which are basically China's preparation for war. So look at imports. Imports show a Chinese economy that is almost certainly contracting. Xi Jinping realizes he's now got a closing window of opportunity because he only has so much more time before his country falls out underneath him. So is it fair to say, Gordon Chang, as we prepare for this next election, now 12 guys are in the GOP side, I should say, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, the governor of North Dakota, they all entered uh, the last couple of days, that as we look at why Republicans need to win, they're going to start, obviously, domestic, inflation, all the issues going on in the United States. But from our conversations, I gather, Gordon Chang, that you think the biggest issue we are facing is not at home, but abroad, because a war, like you've been saying, may be inevitable. Should that be the Republican, the GOP playing card right now, or keep it right here? Well, I mean, I, I'm a, I don't do domestic politics. I'm neither a Republican nor a Democrat. Um, but it, for, party, for both parties, it should be China. I mean, because China is here. We have um, something like 65, 70,000 deaths last year from doses of illegal Chinese fentanyl. I mean, that's, that's a war on America's soil. We have um, this migration of Chinese into our countries. As I said, 99.99% of them are who they say they are. They're just desperate Chinese wanting to leave. But also it appears that there are Chinese saboteurs, People's Liberation Army or Ministry of State Security agents, because Michael Yan, the great war correspondent, is reporting groups, not just individuals, but groups of Chinese males who pretend not to speak English who are of military age and who are coming without family groups. That looks like uh, agents meant to conduct war on our soil on the first day of problems in Asia. Mm, wow. Hey, Gordon, man, I can't thank you enough. Uh, you know, I reach out to Justin. I say reach out to Gordon because almost every day is another story about the Chinese. And 
You and Lydia are so quick to get back to me, and every time you come on, you're great. You're not good, you're great. Please follow Gordon Chang today, folks. He's a terrific follower. You'll learn a lot. I do at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, Gordon G. Chang. And once again, Gordon Chang, thank you. Well, thank you, Sid, and stay safe. You too, buddy. Thank you. We'll talk again again to Gordon Chang, I would think, very, very soon as the news moves very quickly with any one of those countries, China, Russia, North Korea, Africa, continent, of course, all of them.